Hey, hey, welcome to the OP, your friendly neighborhood Mavs devoted podcast. My name is Bo. You can find me on Twitter at Mavs Highlights, doing only and just the very Mavsiest of all the sexy Mavsy things. Actually, nothing sexy about it at all. Just, I, I guess Lucas' step back is pretty freaking sexy. Uh, and following the Mavs and cheering on the Mavs is pretty, pretty awesome right now. The Mavs go in to Philadelphia, a very good team in the East, on their home court, and absolutely wipe the floor with them. How did Luca play, you ask? <clears throat> he was in a suit, and the Mavs won 117-98. to Well, that's a 19-point margin of victory. Now, it got away from the Sixers there in the final minutes, um, but the Mavs absolutely went into another good team's barn and blew it down, right? Like they huffed and they puffed and they blew the house down without Luka again, beating another really good team. If you'll rem- remember, they beat the Bucks without Luka the other night in Milwaukee when they'd won 18 in a row. Now we go into Philadelphia, a tough place to play against a good 76ers team and the Mavs. Well, I, I want to say stomped them. It got. It became a butt kicking there in the second half. It was it, for a lot of the game. It was a pretty close game. Uh, Embiid went off. No Luca. Who's going to step up for the Mavs? But the answer to who's going to step up for the Mavs is fascinating. So I have three little notes written down on a pad before me, just to kind of pull back the curtain a little bit about how you how you host a podcast, right? Uh, these are, these are the uh, intricacies of my three notes. KP three exclamation marks maxi slash Embiid and Mavs without Luca. So like we said, the Mavs won one seventeen ninety eight. just a couple of the stats. A Mavs largest lead of the game was 19 there at the end as they were pulling away. Philadelphia's largest lead was eight points, which was in the first quarter at no point did Philadelphia tie the game or lead the game except in the first quarter. So for about, you know, about the last couple minutes of the first on to the rest of the game, quarters two, three, and four, the Mavs had some kind of lead. The game was never tied again. Matter of fact, the entire game, there was only three lead changes, and that was all in the first quarter there. Uh, the Mavs shot fifty, just under 52% from the field, almost uh, 40, better than 42% from three. They didn't take as many as they usually take. Uh, I wonder if that's a, a consequence of Luca maybe not getting a ton of, uh, not playing tonight, and then Seth not getting a, a lot of good looks tonight. Um, but they took 33, they made 14. That's f- better than 42% from three. Heck yes. And they hit their free throws at a decent clip, better than 77% tonight on only. 22 attempts not a lot of free throws uh, tonight at all only 40 uh, free throw att- uh, free throws attempted combined for both teams that is very very low i feel like um the sixers didn't shoot that well just right at 42 percent from the field shot horrifically from three but that's kind of their mo they're not a good three-point shooting team um just over 29 percent on 34 attempts so the sixers actually took more threes than the mavs did just shot a horrible rate 29 percent there um and just over 66% from the free throw line, which is just a rough, rough night. This is not a shooting team, the Sixers. We know that. 
Um, they are going to get by on their defensive prowess. And tonight, a team that I thought, and I saw this on Twitter too throughout the game, uh, or at the beginning of the game, oh, this team's so big, they're so long, they're going to really trouble our smaller uh, roster, right? Not the case. Not the case. Our guys went in there and executed their game plan, and uh, the 76ers could not adapt, could not adjust. Let's start with talking about Tim Hardaway Jr. 27 points tonight. Uh, four rebounds, a steal, uh, in only 31 minutes of game action. 10 from 21 from the field. Catch this, though. This is the stat that pops out at you. 7 of 11 from 3. 7 of 11 from 3. That's better than 60% from 3 on the night. We got El and uh, Fuego Tim Hardaway Jr. tonight just absolutely scorching hot. It's funny too because he started off the game looking really bad. There was a couple like bobbles of the ball. There was a turnover. There were there were just, it didn't look like it was going to be his night. And then in the first quarter something clicked. And this is how Tim Hardaway Jr. operates. He, he there's like no there's no simmer right. It's either. It's either frozen in the freezer or it's scorching in the fire. He he doesn't have he doesn't have that middle setting, right, that you often want a player to survive on. He he's either hot or cold. And he's been cold for a few games and tonight he turned it around in a big, big way. I mean I want I want a more consistent player, but like a guy with his ability to get you buckets is the reason you win a game like this tonight against the 76ers. Like he, he stepped up and put, put up 27 huge points to lead the Mavs though. As hot as he was as a shooter tonight, he was not the Mavs best player. The Mavs best player tonight was one very tall Latvian named Chris or Mr. Porzingis. He put up 22 points tonight, a career high eight, rebounds, grabbed a steal, swatted three blocks. I, I thought it was more than three. I was surprised when it was only three when I got to the box score. Um, it altered a lot of other shots, though. 37 minutes. No one on Twitter mentions this. 37 minutes for the tall man. There's just no minutes restriction, guys. Remember how early in the season we're like, oh, he's not going to play back-to-backs. Oh, this or that. Oh, they're probably going to go easy on him. No. Now th- there was the one, the one um, back-to-back kind of thing. There was the one situation where he sat out, but other than that, um, he's been playing. He's been playing significant minutes in these games. Now we've been in some on the right end of some big blowouts, and so he's played, you know, like twenty minutes, twenty-four minutes, and so maybe in Rick's mind, that's that's in effect saving him, right? That's a, a load management of a type, right? But but really, like he gets out there and Rick plays him 37 minutes tonight because he was balling out 10 for 19 from the field, two of six from three. You know, you want him to do a little bit of that. Uh, a little surprised he didn't take any free throws, at least on this box that I'm looking at. No free throws for Chris Tapps. Um, but 18 huge rebounds. And I tweeted this out earlier during the game. Like Kristaps is rebounding is something we need to mention. He is averaging, I believe it's 9.2. I have his stats right here. Yeah, he is averaging on the season. So that's playing next to Luca, right? On the season, he's averaging 9.2 rebounds. Um, his career average is 7.3. So he is almost better than two rebounds a game than he's ever been 
uh, or at least than his career average, excuse me, than his career average. He's, he's also blocking, um, better than two blocks a game. Um, getting you better than 17 points a game. Now, all of the percentages are low, but that's really to be expected. Now, you don't love it, but that's to be expected coming back from such a uh, a long and drawn-out uh, injury recovery and just being away from the game. So he's shooting better than... He's shooting right at 40% from the field, which, you know, that's got to go up. And he's shooting a little better than 33% from three, which is actually worse than he was earlier in the season. Uh, that's taken a dive a bit. Uh, and, and also, the one that surprises me the most is he's a career average, before this season, a career average like 80% free throw shooter. This season, down to 72%. So uh, some of that, just the, the, the functionality of his shot has to get better, has to improve. But his impact defensively, when he is engaged, when he is locked in, is so so impressive. It's it's one of those things that I'm sure there are the, the metrics that kind of gauge your defensive impact. Um, but I've always read that they, you know when it comes to metrics, uh, at least in analytics and measuring defensive impact, that that's they haven't really figured that out yet. Um, but as you watch the game, you just see the impact he makes, all the little plays he makes, every shot that may have been a make that ends up being a miss just because he's around. All the let, let me say this. All the shots that don't get taken in the paint because he's there lurking or because that guard is like, man, I'm not going to be able to get this shot up. I'm just going to I'm going to dribble through the paint here and kick the ball around. Um, that's that's an interesting thought, right? How many shots don't get taken because Chris Epps is there, arms lifted up, right? Um, because of that verticality. Uh, so Chris Epps was huge tonight. Hit some great shots tonight. Played some really, really stellar defense tonight. Uh, the next Maverick I want to talk about is Jalen Brunson. Steady Eddie tonight. Um, 11 points, 7 assists on only 2 turnovers. Yes, sir. You love that. 7 assists to only 2 turnovers. Yes. 3 rebounds of steal. Only 24 minutes tonight. He's all got, he, Jalen also got credit with a block which I honestly have no memory of. And I watched the game very closely. I'm sure like you do, uh, you got credit for a block that I just don't rem- remember only five of nine from the field or five of nine from the field. He only got nine shots, but he made five of them. That's exceptionally good. Uh, didn't connect on either one of his three attempts, hit his one free throw, but just kind of was a steadying influence when he was on the court. Nothing too flashy. A couple nice buckets there in the second half that felt big, like when the Sixers were trying to press in and uh, really kind of turn up the, the heat defensively. Jalen would, would get a bucket, a tough bucket. Like there was a couple times where little Jalen Brunson scored on big, tall, athletic Ben Simmons. Uh, oh, man, we're going to talk about Simmons here in a second. Just not, not a good night from Ben Simmons. Uh, and he put up nice, you know, Ben Simmons-y kind of stats, 12 points, eight assists, six rebounds. But just as you watch the game, it didn't feel like he was there. It didn't feel, you didn't feel him. You didn't feel Simmons on the court. I guess we'll go ahead and talk about this now. You know how when, uh, when Luca's on the court, you just feel him. Now, I'm a Mavs fan, so I'm always going to be geared in and tuned in to Luca, right? But like his impact on the floor, just the way he uh, dominates the ball, but moves the ball and facilitates and hits shots and is at least getting shots up, if, even if he's not hitting them on a particular night, you always feel Luca's presence. I don't know about you, 
But as I watched the game tonight, I was kind of keeping an eye on old Ben Simmons because of the, the, the early season, you know, dialogue of Luca versus Ben Simmons. That dialogue is dead, by the way. It's been, Luca has killed it. He put it on the guillotine and chopped the head of that debate off. Uh, there is no debate anymore. Um, but I was watching Simmons and just didn't feel him. I thought, oh man, Simmons is going to just dominate our little guards. Nope. He, he is a bad offensive player. The guy is physically spectacular. Defensively, I've seen him be awesome before. There was a game early in Luca's rookie season where he just put the clamps on Luca, and I was like, oh gosh, this is something we're going to have to see for the next 12, 15 years of Ben Simmons just clamping Luca. No, I don't think so anymore. Uh, and I still think he's a potentially great defensive presence but tonight he just looked uninterested and i didn't feel his presence in this game almost almost at all let me talk to you about one mr kleba maxi kleba now the, the stats don't jump out at you in 23 minutes 10 points two assists three rebounds Three turnovers, a steal, four or five from the field. That's nice, right? One of two from three. But Maxi was some highlight plays tonight. Yeah, Chris Stapps had a couple nice highlight plays. DeLon had some really nice defensive highlights. We'll talk about him here, here, here in a second. Um, but Maxi had three like legitimate highlight plays against uh, Joel Embiid, where he took Joel one-on-one off the dribble to the basket. He was three for three in taking Joel Embiid off the dribble, took him to the hoop, scored every single time. One time on a really pretty strong dunk. The move was stronger than the dunk, but he like blew past Embiid and dunked it pretty pretty solidly. Um, the others were just these nice plays. There was one lefty finish, and it was just an and one. So he finished with, uh, I think, I'm pretty sure it was a lefty finish, uh, and Joel fouled him. And uh, it was just embarrassing. Like, Joel Embiid's one of these guys who, when he's on, is in the consideration of the conversation for Defensive Player of the Year. And here we got little <laughs> Maxi Kleba, little, you know, backup center from uh, Wurzburg, you know, like, just absolutely beating him off the dribble. Now, Maxi's a lot smaller and potentially a lot quicker, and Joel's, you know, Maybe a little fat, uh, maybe a little out of shape, which is probably a conversation for his whole career. Not one I care about, but I, I imagine the Philly fans talk about that all the time. But Maxi Kleba just with some really nice highlight, offensive highlights. You were always talking about the defensive highlights, right? Uh, and Maxi definitely had some nice defensive plays as well. Um, but just those three offensive possessions where he beat Joel Embiid. You're going to get beat, right? You're going to get beat. Even the best defenders get beat. Jordan got beat. Uh, Dikembe Mutombo got beat. Like everyone gets beat. Um, but but Joel got beat three straight times in one game by Maxi Kleba, and uh, I feel like that's something Maxi's probably smiling about all night. Uh, not going to talk about him too long tonight. But Dorian Finney-Smith, just another Dorian Finney-Smith performance: eleven points, four assists, six rebounds, two steals in thirty minutes of action. Only took five shots. Made all four of his free throws. Only hit one of three from three. Just out there, man. Making the smart second pass. Like Dorian's one of those guys who I think gets a lot of hockey assists. The ball doesn't stick in his hands. I really like that. Um, he moves the ball. He's a decent, not a facilitator, like a playmaking facilitator. But 
he can move the ball. He can facilitate the offense. Like he, the cogs keep turning when the ball is in Dorian Finney-Smith's hands. Right? He he doesn't just sit there and stare at the rim. He doesn't over dribble. I really love that about these reserve players. Uh, the only guy that tends to over dribble on this team is Luca and Tim Hardaway, at least of our major players. Right? Uh, Tim Hardaway maybe to the detriment of the team sometimes. Luca's just going to do that, and we have to kind of just take it and kind of go okay Luca we know most of the time you're going to make the right decision you're going to make the play a lot of the time dribble away my man uh, of course JJ when he's on the court he's going to dribble a lot but JJ doesn't play very much anymore uh, that's a, another conversation for another time but Dorian Finney Smith really nice 11 points 4 assists 6 rebounds 2 steals like his defensive presence I just like his presence on the floor let me give my uh, my buddy Reese Conkle a shout out um, Reese was early on the, the DFS train and I was always much more on the maxi train, not that they're opposed to each other, but uh, of the bench players, I was always really, really hyping up maxi, and Reese was always um, into Dorian, and I think both of us were right. Now, Dorian's shot still needs to come around, right? He still needs to become a better shooter. Maxi, for example, on the season is shooting better than 38% from three this year. Uh, so he has steadily improved his three every season. He went from, I think, uh, Maxi went from, I think, from 31 his rookie year to 35% last year. This year, better than 38% from three. We'll see if he can hold that that uh, number, right, uh, throughout the season. But that's really, really great for Maxi, a guy who you need to be shooting a high clip on corner threes. Uh, Dorian, not a great shooter yet, but he's hit some big shots. And his defense is just so valuable. He's he's one of these guys who will regularly guard the best wing score for your opponent. Uh, and so you just love that. You just like that. I'm not going to talk about him too long tonight, but Joel Embiid uh, had a really nice offensive game. Um, didn't feel his presence as much as I expected to defensively, to be honest. Just really, really didn't sense him um, stopping what we wanted to do on the offensive end. Oh, dang, Joel just shut that down. I'm sure there was a couple plays that I'm not remembering, but overall, just not a huge presence from him, uh, though he did put up nice individual stats, 33 points, 17 rebounds, and a block. Um, DeLon Wright just had another DeLon Wright game. Eight points, four assists, seven rebounds, and only 23 minutes, get this, four steals. Some guys just have knack for things in the game, right? Like they're always getting the loose ball. They're always grabbing that extra rebound. They're always making that interesting pass or they always seem to be facilitating the break and really they make that great outlet pass, whatever it is. DeLon Wright does a lot of things really well. I love him attacking the cup and finishing with either hand. Like he's really fluid at that. But DeLon Wright gets steals, guys. He he is a good steals man. The Mavs as a whole, I think, are one of the very worst teams at causing turnovers in the entire league. I think we're bottom five. But DeLon Wright, that's not his fault. He is contributing. He, he regularly gets a couple steals. And when he gets minutes, he's, he's just a defensive presence. I love the playmaking potential he has defensively. Not as big as KP, who's impacting things at the rim, but DeLon Wright just picks off lazy, sloppy passes uh, with regularity. Tonight, four steals. Only 23 minutes. Hit all four of his free throws. Only took three shots. So eight points, four assists, seven rebounds, four steals in only 23 minutes. I would like DeLon to get those minutes. Up, uh, I don't know where they're going to come from though, because if J- if if Carlisle is committed to playing JB and Alon and Seth, I just I don't know that any of them are really going to get big big minutes. I think they're always going to be kind of cutting into each other's minutes, which we're not going to talk about it tonight. But I do think 
one of those guys all on really friendly contracts, especially Jalen Brunson, who's still only into the second year in his rookie contract. Um, I, I do think it, it would be interesting to see if the Mavs are in talks at the trade deadline to move one of those players and maybe a package for something, uh, a play, maybe a, a, a wing or a big, because we do kind of have a lot of these pesky guards. Um, personally, I would rather have Delon and Seth and move Jalen. Uh, I don't know what you guys think about that. You can tweet at me at Mavs Highlights. If 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 we had to move one of those in a trade, which one? Which one would you? Which one would you move? And which two would you keep? I'm going to say the guys we just paid this off season, Delon and Seth, are the guys I would rather have. I think they. Uh, whereas Jalen is just a good all around player, I think Delon and Seth both have excellent parts of their game. And I don't think Jalen really does anything with excellence. He does everything well, but he doesn't do anything like he doesn't have an elite skill. Whereas Delon is a really good defensive player, really good at attacking the rim, uh, great steals guy. Um, I think he has things he's really good at. Seth, obviously elite shooting. And I think a solid secondary facilitator or playmaker as a secondary playmaker. Um, how about old Ryan Ro- Rowdy Brokoff, the accountant, uh, getting in there, keeping the books tonight, two for five from three, a uh, hit, hit a beautiful kind of long range three, I think at, at the buzzer of the first quarter or there at the end of the first, I think it was just a really, really fun game for Ryan who played 18 minutes tonight. Guess who didn't get in the game? Mr. Justin Jackson. I don't know if he was sick. I don't know if there's anything more to this story. Uh, but it might just be that Ryan is taking Justin's minutes. <laughs> Ooh, there's a sneeze on a podcast. That's fun. Will I edit that out? Probably not. Probably not. A little bit too lazy for that. All right, let's jump into y'all's thoughts and comments. Francis says, shouldn't Rick be a Hall of Famer? Because of nights like this, just add to his legacy. I'm not sure any of us will remember this particular game. There's just not a standout moment, or it's not the end of the season, didn't clinch a playoff berth or anything like that. But I do agree, Francis. It's the kind of game that just shows Rick is a great coach. Will Rick be a Hall of Famer, Hall of Fame coach? One championship. Hmm. Too early to say? I mean, he's not, he's not in the early part of his career. Um, I think it, he'll probably need to hit some of those milestones would be my guess because he is a great, great coach, uh, not a legendary coach, but a great, great coach. If he wins one more championship, absolutely. He's a hall of famer. Uh, or if he just hangs around long enough to where he's one of those guys who's just stacked up so many wins. And honestly, if he's coaching Luca for the next eight to 10 years, he's going to stack up a lot of W's. Uh, Panda Hank says, um, like how Ibaka should name his first son after Dirk from the 2011, 2011 playoffs. Wow, that was a strange uh, beginning to that sentence. So in the same way that Ibaka got owned by Dirk in the 2011 playoffs and should name his son after him, I definitely agree. Embiid needs to name his first son Maxi after getting owned three times on identical plays tonight. Uh, and that's a great line. That's a great thought, uh, Panda. Yeah, Joel's going to have to name one of his sons Maximilian, right? Uh, DeLon Wright is just a low-key winner. I love him on the floor, man. When he's not out there, I'm always wondering when he's going to be back out there. You know, I, I, Obviously, the person we do that most with is Luca. 
and then maybe secondarily KP, but DeLon Wright's definitely one of those guys I'm like, man, I really like miss DeLon. I really miss his presence on the floor. Uh, Dominos uh, with just posted a, a gif of the child screaming, a little baby screaming. Yeah, man, a primal scream, that sucker. This this win felt good tonight. Uh, J.M. Dole's uh, KP All-Star conversation? No, probably not yet. Unless the nerds really start pumping up his defensive impact, right? Uh, I don't think so. I think there's too many good bigs. Um, too many good bigs. Yeah, he, He's not going to get an over-the-type of any of the really, really high-end guys like Anthony Davis. Uh, he's not going to get in over, over Joker. He's not going to get in over... Um, Towns, uh, he's not going to get. So there's there's three centers right there uh, that I don't think he would really even should be uh, in the conversation over. Honestly, the production's just not all star level, and the efficiencies are absolutely not all star level. So uh, I love the defensive impact, but no, I don't think the overall offensive production is the kind of production that gets you in like genuine all star conversations. But good question. Listen, he's got he's got several months. Maybe, maybe he can turn it around, right? He has been turning around in the last, you know, maybe two or three weeks. Uh, let's see if maybe he can get that scoring average way up. Let's see if he can have some signature moments. And if that defensive impact can keep staying there, JM Dolls, maybe it will be. Luka Doncic for MVP just has a, a primal scream. I'm not going to try to pronounce it. It's a lot of A's and R's and G's and H's in there. Let's go, Mavs. Freaking let's go, Mavs. Heck yes. Heck yes. Hi, Blake. I thought it was Hib Lake at first. Hib, H-I-B, Lake. I think it's Hi Blake. Uh, how many Mavericks do we uh, owe apologies to? Oh, man. Uh, for myself, the list includes at least Rick, Tim Hardaway Jr., and Brunson. Yeah, my, my largest one is Tim Hardaway Jr., man. Uh, I, I'm not 100% sure that I'm wrong about old THJ, uh, but the way he has played so far this season demands my apology. And so I have apologized. I haven't done the podcast crow eating yet where I, I uh, kind of just praise his, his name yet. But, uh, I mean, he absolutely deserves our apologies. I, I, I am proud to say, hi, Blake, I was defending uh, Rick the whole time. Um, Brunson, I think, is a good player. I, I, Brunson has not done anything to surprise me. Uh, a matter of fact, the surprise for Brunson was the negative surprise of how he started the season. Just absolutely incapable of hitting a shot. Um, just was a bad player offensively, honestly. Uh, just could not w- w- could not produce offensively. And he's turned that around the last couple weeks. I don't think his percentages are very good, but obviously he is becoming um, the JB we expect him to be. Uh, Baby Yoda is a Mary Sue. <laughs> wow, that's a fun at. Uh, Barry, Barry, Baby Yoda is a Mary Sue. Says, "How about some gifts?" And there's a unicorn pooping out uh, on an ice cream cone. That's there's our uh, our KP. Love that gift. Well, if you guys haven't seen this, go check out the my timeline. I'm gonna retweet this gift right now. It's a uh, a unicorn pooping rainbow colored uh, ice cream in a cone. Um, I just retweeted it. There you go. Uh, <laughs> Steve Stanford said, does Embiid look a little hefty? He Does he ever not look hefty? He always, to me, is a big honking dude, man. It's unbelievable the, the type of touch he has. Now, we've seen bigs who have that kind of touch before. Um, I've always thought he's just too big. 
Uh, he's not one of these guys who's so big like Giannis and he's fleet of foot and like, no, no, he's just, a, he's probably 50 pounds heavier than Giannis, right? Like he's, he's just a giant human being. And, um, I'm not sure he can be your best player on a championship winning team. Uh, I have some hot opinions about the, about the 76ers. I was really high on them coming into the season and I am much lower on them now as I've kind of rethought uh, ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. Now, I, I think there's been pretty outspoken criticism of them as a duo, which I've always kind of been like, yeah, that makes sense. They don't really complement each, each other too well. Uh, and now I just feel like neither one of them is the player individually that we've seen in the past. And I don't really know why that is. Maybe it's the overall roster's lack of shooting. Both of those guys need shooters around them to really thrive. And I, as, I, as I said, it's been really uh, hotly talked about that they, their games do not seem to complement each other. And I think that's probably true. Uh, imagine passing on Luca. <laughs> yep. Suns, Kings, Hawks. Grizz. Well, no, he was, he was, uh, well, yeah, Grizz, Grizzlies. Yeah, sure. Um, no, not the Grizzlies. That was the trade. There we go. Uh, so yeah, the Hawks and the Kings, the Kangs and the Suns. Imagine passing on Luca. The Mavericks are going to win the Super Bowl. Six exclamation marks. Heck yes, they are. They got a better chance than my Cowboys. Uh, born to win. Can we talk about how great of a trade it was to give up Dennis Smith Jr. and DeAndre Jordan to get back KP and Timmy. What a steal. Um, yeah, I don't think Tim Hardaway Jr. is a steal. I think he's a massive contract. Who He'll never live up to that contract, ever. Um, individual games he will, but over a season he, he absolutely won't, at least in, in my opinion. Um, but you know, he like like people have smartly said he was part of the tax in the Kristaps deal. You know, the Knicks wanted off of that horrible contract that they'd signed him to, and um, and obviously KP wanted out, and so the Mavs bit down hard, took back Tim Hardaway Jr., gave up some really nice uh, assets and or, or assets that we thought were really nice or that they thought could be nice, and Dennis Smith, uh, and then the picks, and now those picks aren't looking good at all, and de- poor Dennis Smith, man. I, uh, the kid has way too much talent, but he's not a natural basketball player, and um, I'm afraid that he is going to. I'm afraid he's going to fizzle out there in New York. I hope he gets moved. I hope. I hope his psyche can remain strong because he's a good kid. And um, golly, man, I wanted that kid to be good. I really like him, but uh, I had concerns early on into his rookie season, and then. Um, just that his game is a troubled game. Uh, he's a small guy, small hands, not a defender, not much of a shooter, lives on athleticism. Um, but what's happening to him in New York is just sad. And if you if you delight in it, that's that's on you, man. You're, that's that's bad. Uh, this is a 21, 22 year old kid who who obviously is doubting himself and having a hard time and. I mean, he's averaging like what three or four or five points a game. He's barely getting enough playing time. It's really sad. He's a better player than he has shown this season, and I hope he gets another chance. Uh, Anders says, "Yeah," and uh, posted a GIF of Brick Tamlin from uh, Anchorman. Loud noises. Heck yeah, man. Loud noises is right. Mavs knock out the Philadelphia 76ers in decisive fashion on the Philly home court. Go into the city of brotherly love 
and knock off the 76ers, the healthy 76ers, when you don't even have Luka. Did they scrape by? Did they squeak out a win? Did they hit a buzzer beater on the, to, to pull out the win? No. They stumped them. They put their boot on their throats and applied massive pressure. 117-98. You guys have a good one. Freaking go, Mavs.